Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. All right, welcome to episode 175 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, April 19th, 2016. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980. And joining me, my co-host, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. You can follow him on Twitter at All Habs. Rick, how are you doing? Great, Chris. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. And well, today, tonight I should say, is game day number 82 for the Montreal Canadiens, the final one of the regular season, and in fact, the final one for the Montreal Canadiens. So, Rick, it's, uh, it'll be weird having the playoffs and no Montreal Canadiens from uh, from day number one. It's going to be tough for half fans. I I don't think, you know, with, with all the news and all the kind of distractions this week, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to, um, I don't think it really sin yet that, uh, that come this week, the playoffs will start and the Montreal Canadiens will not be there. Yeah, so there's plenty to talk about our question of the day. Well, we're going to get into details later on today's episodes, but there's been reports, uh, the latest one coming from Bob McKenzie, that he thinks during the offseason the Canadians will be looking at all options 
and that's potentially uh, includes maybe trading PK Subban before his uh, no movement clause kicks in on uh, July 1st. So let us know your comments via Twitter at Habs360, or you can go ahead on uh, the allhabs.net Facebook page and leave your comments. We'll get to it later on today's episode. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Habs 360. So it is a time, winners and losers, the most popular segment of any podcast out there. And Rick, it's the final week of the regular season. It's just a couple more hours left for the Canadian season. And it was kind of tough for us to find winners this week. That's true. Although, last minute entry. And I think, uh, from what I'm seeing from Canadian Sands on Twitter right now, the winner of the week has to be the Ottawa Senators, who scored, who have scored four unanswered um, second period goals to lead Boston Bruins four to one, which was a nail in the coffin of the Boston Bruins uh, playoff hopes. So, if the Canadians aren't going to be playoffs, uh, can, uh, Canadians fans don't want the Bruins to be there either, and uh, maybe thank you all Hi, Rick. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, so uh, you you cut off for a second. So why don't we get started? And you tell us who uh, the runners up are for the winners of the week. Sure. Um, sorry that I cut out. I was just uh, took a, a little detour there and was talking about the Ottawa Senators and um, um, them scoring four goals in the second to go up on the Bruins to uh, likely end their playoff hopes. Um, but getting back to the Montreal Canadiens, um, I think the, the winner, the winner of the winners of the week um, for the Montreal Canadiens are going to be their youth, uh, the youth of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we know that development um, has always been in um, with the Canadiens. They draft extremely well, but develop their players extremely well. But this season, given all the um, Maltarian um, has been forced to use um, the, uh, the, the youngsters more than he'd like to. Um, and they've been proving that uh, they can handle the load. Uh, and we saw a, a couple of, of um, maybe let's talk about Charlie Lindgren first, uh, the uh, goaltender from the St. Cloud Huskies who got his first NHL start, uh, who didn't necessarily have a, a a good start to his first start um first shot um on goal was his first goal against, uh, just over a minute into the game um but he shook off that shaky start uh and uh was able to um defeat the um with the help of his mates uh, defeat the Carolina Hurricanes uh to pick up his first win in the NHL yeah, so congratulations to uh, Charlie Lindgren. Uh, bad start, like you mentioned, Rick, but he recovered uh, and he made 26 saves uh, to finish that game against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Let's hear Lindgren after the game. I mean, there was definitely some nerves there. I mean, I'm not going to lie about it. Uh, you know, I think I just tried to uh, be as calm as possible. I think... You know, once that first goal went in, I really wasn't rattled, like you said. I think uh, I just had to put it behind me and just worry about the next shot. So I uh, just had to move on. Did you, 
And Rick, there was a couple of other youngsters as well that impressed you? Absolutely. Um, in that first, uh, that was uh, Darren Dietz, um, who was a, a call-up um, in the last little while from the Ice Caps, and he scored his um, his first goal. Um, I I thought he showed how smart uh, Darren Dietz is, and he's indeed a um, uh, a, a very uh, smart player. Uh, he moved in from the, the point slowly, held on to the puck, and um, uh, waited until the um, um, screen arrived in the, the person of Brendan Gallagher. By that, he was, uh, to the faceoff dot, and he blasted it uh, by Cam Ward for his first NHL goal. Yeah, and uh, let's listen to it. Brendan Gallagher will lead the way. Plays it off for Pacioretty, drops it for Dietz, walks in, holding, fire, scores! Darren Dietz! So he was very patient, Darren Dietz, in that goal against the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, he got one goal and uh, one assist in uh, in that game. That, bring, that gives him a total of uh, five points in uh, 12 games with the Montreal Canadiens. And Darren Dietz, if you look uh, going forward, he's probably going to end up maybe being a number six, number seven, or maybe even a borderline uh, defenseman uh, next season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, um, not not to forget Daniel Carr. Um, Daniel Carr, uh, who, was, uh, who was impressive uh, early on in the season, um, was out with me for, for a substantial amount of time, and... Uh, has made an impact now that he's returned to the lineup um, and picked up a, a goal himself. Uh, Daniel Carr, um, you know, has been reminding people uh, of the Brandon Gallagher type of player uh, being willing to go to the dirty areas of the net, which uh, the Canadians have far too few of those kinds of players. And, and Daniel Carr as well was uh, um, reminded us that, that he's mixed. Um, and uh, and pick the goal that bring it back up the ice. Thomas Lacanis waits, fires, side of the net, scores. Daniel Carr tips it home. And that was the sixth goal of the season against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. He now has uh, six goals in uh, 22 games. So you prorate that to an 80-game season. That gives them. A 24 goal a season, so we know that's not uh, realistic uh, that he'll get 24 goals. But if he gets between 15, 20 goals, he'd be awesome as a uh, as a third line forward. So great performance by uh, Daniel Carr returning from injury this week. Any uh, anybody else that's caught your eye this week, Rick? Well, let's just uh, briefly mention uh, Ryan Johnston. Uh, Ryan Johnston, uh, an undersized puck-moving defenseman. Um, he, um, you know, he, he uh, I, I, I think where he, he excels is, um, you know, he, he can be a power play quarterback. He can uh, carry the puck up the ice. Um, has some difficulty, particularly in his own zone, um, being outsized, but, um, you know, he, he didn't look, 
he didn't look terrible. Um, and um, uh, the other, the other on the opposite end of the scale, I guess, was Brett Lernout. He looked fine for his. Uh, I think he was on the ice for about six and a half minutes before uh, suffering a knee injury last Saturday. Um, he is a very physical defenseman. Uh, he looked pretty good as well uh, in the, uh, the few shifts that he got his introduction to the NHL on that particular night. Yeah, for Johnston, 15th defenseman used this year for the Canadians. A record, not uh, not a good record once again for the Canadians. So a great job by all these youngsters, and I think Rick, it's a uh, well deserved uh, them to be our winners in this week because if we head over to the loser side. There was lots of distractions, including a uh, a big tall one, I would say, at the beginning of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, six foot eight, John Scott, and uh, he 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 certainly sucked all the the attention um, away from everything else. Um, you know that that particular night that he he was in the game was also Ryan Johnston's. Uh, uh, debut in the NHL, and and uh, you know there wasn't too many reporters interested in poor old Brian Johnson that night. And as well, um, you know, uh, many of us uh, who follow the Ice Caps were interested in um, Brett, an update on Brett Lernout's injury, and that was tough to get given that uh, John Scott was uh, all-consuming as far as attention, as far as a, me- a media, and um, in my mind, it became a, a quite a circus i think um in in uh, the the way the the, the movie like atmosphere uh, of john scott and rick uh, i want to i want you to hear a couple of quotes first one from john scott and then from michelle terry talking about uh, the call-up oh no no not at all we uh I guess kind of approached me this past week and asked if you know we'd play a game, and I said I'd love to come and play a game. So they, we kind of just uh, he did me a solid and let me come down and play a game, or come up rather and play a game. So that was uh, John Scott responding whether or not he felt that he was owed this opportunity, and now the next quote from Michel Terrier following uh, his game. Just the way that uh, he handled himself, and uh, uh, since he joined our organization, I thought. Uh, I believe he'd been a real pro. He was good with the young kids over there. And a special season for him, as we all know. Uh, so, Rick, uh, John Scott's talking about uh, they did him a favor, that they brought him in for, for one game. Terry is saying that he was good with the youngsters. Why would the Canadians owe John Scott a favor? I have no idea. I have no idea why they would owe him anything. Um, I, 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 you know, it's, it's, uh, it's almost diminishing the, the value of a call-up. Um, you know, this season we've been fortunate enough to be around the ice caps a lot. And uh, given all the movement back and forth, we've been there when, when players have, have received um, the news that they're being call, called up. Um, the, being called up to the NHL is is huge in a player's career, um, and it's it's a moment uh, for them to, you know, to to relish. It's a moment for them to share with their family and their friends and their previous coaches, and um, it's an incredible moment. And the other thing I think we have to point out is 
um, there's lots of very deserving players, players who are, are devoted to the organization, players who have put in years as, as journeymen in the, the AHL who never get a call-up. Um, I'm thinking of Eric Nielsen, um, who is honestly one of the, the best team guys I've ever seen. Um, and he was the player who got displaced by John Scott when John Scott arrived. Uh, Eric Nielsen was dispatched to the ECHL. Um, and we interviewed um, Amy Johnson of, of the Ice Caps Report and interviewed him. He talked about knowing that feeling that he would never get a call to the AHL. And he certainly did a whole lot more for the Ice Caps, certainly brought a whole lot more to that locker room than John Scott ever did. Um, I, I, th- I think we're forgetting who this guy is. I think, I think amidst the drama of the All-Star game, and you know, there's so much hatred towards the NHL and its executives um, that John Scott became a bit of a cult hero. But we forgot about what his career uh, has been. Um, you know, classy doesn't doesn't enter into the the labels that that um, use, have been used to describe John Scott. Um, he's been described as a predator on ice. He's been described that his mission on ice is to seek and destroy. He's been suspended for uh, three times. He's he's been called the dirtiest player ever to 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 appear in the NHL. Um, I, I don't I don't under particularly understand. Um, I, I guess you know to some extent I do, just because he's the, you know compared to to Gary Bettman, um, he looks good. But um, I don't for the life of me see why the Canadians owe him anything. And for the Canadians to once the trade was done to say, listen, um, John Scott, you're going to St. John's, and you should know that you're not being called up. And for the Canadians to go back on that, simply for marketing reasons, simply to help fill the empty seat, the huge numbers of empty seats in the Bell Center, um, simply to sell John Scott merchandise, simply to, to uh, make sure that they were, uh, you know, presented favorably in the John Scott movie is absolutely disgusting. Has nothing to do with hockey. Uh, is is I, I okay? I'm I'm getting I'm getting sidetracked here. So, sorry, you, I'm 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 sure you can present the 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 opposite opinion. Well, no, I think you named it on the head, Rick, when you said that. In terms of hockey, that the call up made absolutely no uh, no sense, especially that Michael McCarron also had to be sent down. Is the player who who got sent down to to the St. John Ice Caps. Where McCarron, he was the Canadiens' first-round draft pick. He's their uh, the prospect that they want to uh, develop for the future. These games mean nothing. So this is exactly the time when Michael McCarron should have been playing, even though it's uh, air quotes only three games that he missed. For a player like Michael McCarron, for his development, it's very important. Let him learn. Uh, make let him make uh, mistakes. Was McCarron playing as solid? Was he making as much of an impact as he did when he originally was called up? No, but I don't think it matters at this point when it's meaningless games. If they were in the playoff race uh, and McCarron got sent down, I'd say, okay, you know, that's understandable. Not for John Scott, but if he got sent down, I would uh, definitely understand that. If John Scott 
would have came up to replace an injured player, then I'd say, eh, okay, whatever, like give this guy uh, a chance, etc. But this call up is exactly what you said. It was made for business. In, in terms of a business point of view, it, it made a lot of sense. A lot of fans wanted him to play at least one game for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, like you said, the Canadians wanted to be shown as uh, the good guys. As at the end of the movie, they were uh, they helped John Scott. They're not the ones that uh, shut him down for uh, for the for his, potentially for his career. A feel good story, etc. Uh, we know the Habs. At the end of the day, they're there to make. Let's be honest, the Canadians. At the end of the day, they're there to make money. They're not there to win games. Win games is what generates money for them. And all this, nothing personal against the guy. From the little that we've seen from the coach, he seems like a um, like a good guy, right? Except for the time that he slashed Phil Kessel behind the legs, uh, all the fighting people that he beats up, and all the sucker punches. Besides that, he seems to be a, uh, a pretty good guy. So business-wise, I think it makes sense. Hockey-wise, absolutely uh, no sense. And Rick... Uh, after the game, uh, John Scott was given the option from the Canadians to either return to St. John's or to uh, to go home, spend time with his family. Uh, personally, uh, I'm okay with him going uh, going home. It's not like he's a prospect. We all know that he's done with the Canadians organization at uh, the end of the season. What are your thoughts on that? Is that a big deal or to you? Uh, do you think he should have gone back to St. John's? Well, I think I think it revealed John Scott for the kind of player he is. Uh, you know, all this stuff about John Scott being classy, all this stuff about John Scott doing so much for the St. John's ice gaps and doing so much for the young people and, and being a leader and it's absolute nonsense. Um, and the the classy thing, the, the, the thing that would show that you're a good leader, the thing that would show that, that you know uh, how to act in hockey is to go back for the four games that were remaining um, and say, I'm going to be with my teammates. Um, I, I value these guys. I respect them. I respect them so much. Um, and he showed he didn't respect them. First, when he arrived, he said, it's finally nice to, to get a chance to play with world-class players. What kind of a slight was that on the ice caps? He also said to the New York Times, yeah, those guys in St. John's, all they want to do is get drunk and stay out all night. <laughs> what kind of a leader says something like that? Whether it's true or not, you protect those guys. And at the very, at the very least, you brought up a good point in Mike McCarron. At the very least, you go back and say, Mike McCarron, thank you. Thank you for sacrificing. Um, th- Mike McCarron gave up three NHL games for nine minutes of John Scott. He gave up three NHL games. And for Mike McCarron, that makes a difference. Um, remember that, that the Canadians said both privately and publicly, Mike McCarron, don't worry, you're in Montreal for the remainder of the season. Michelle Perrion said that publicly, um, and then to go back on that promise. Um, you know, you, you wonder how these, the, the prospects get disillusioned and, 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 and why they, you know, the, their development is, is hampered somewhat. 
it's these kinds of moves that may seem insignificant to us that mean a lot to these guys. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, the, the way they, they, they treat players is just the players who, who are the future. Uh, it's just, it's just callously. Um, again, with Eric Nielsen out, Stefan Fournier um, was, was, was a throw-in in that trade. You know, you talk about Mike McCarron, um, or uh, sorry, John Scott, and, and what he did in, in St. John's. He had three fighting majors, three in the 20-odd games, uh, 27, I think. Um, everybody else and their dog was fighting except John Scott. He was there to accept the, the, the fan approval. He was there to accept all the media who were, who were trekking out to St. John's. Um, but he didn't do a thing for the, the St. John's ice caps or the players. And I, I found it uh, for him to, to say, oh, he's going to go see his family. Yeah, that's great. Tarion said uh, in that news conference, you know, you've got to feel badly for him. John Scott hasn't seen his family in two months. That was an absolute bald-faced lie. Um, I saw when we were in the, the upper upstate New York, um, his family was there every single game. Um, they followed around for that two-week road trip. I'm not saying that that's, that's you know, enough uh, when you have kids of that age, but um, every other person has to deal with the situation they're in and I just thought it would have been honorable it would have been respectful it would have been proper to go back say thank you to the to the St. John's fans who embraced me thank you to my teammates thank you to the Ice Caps organization uh, for giving me a place in hockey when really um, you know other than the charade of of the the all-star game there was no place in hockey for John Scott. All right, so we're just going to wrap up this conversation with uh, about uh, John Scott. So the the quotes that uh, he gave at the New York Times, they were, like Rick, like Rick mentioned, I think they were out of context. Sorry, they were bad uh, bad quotes, that quotes that he uh, should not have made. In response, the following day, uh, John Scott said, it was taken out of context. Those guys are not party animals by any means. It was a complete joke. I hope everyone realizes those guys down there are working extremely hard. They're not partying all the time. So, uh, honestly, I I do believe that they were probably, uh, that, it was a, that it was a complete uh, joke. But let's be honest, John Scott, before, his, uh, before the All-Star game, probably didn't have much uh, media experience because, well, Probably nobody wants to talk to a fourth-line uh, goon uh, across the NHL. We're going to take our first break. On the other side, we'll continue with our losers of the week. Remind your question of the week, your thoughts on uh, P.K. Subban uh, potentially being on the uh, trade block. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints some good grub and to cheer for their team think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game hockeypub.com is the answer find out where the best spots are in your city to eat drink and meet fellow fans hockeypub.com if you missed a recent episode of the habs 360 podcast 
visit the podcast page on lawhubs.net or search Hubs360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Hubs360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Icecaps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. Well, yeah, um, you know, during this whole process, it's been, uh, you know, obviously it's been kept secret. Um, You know, normal people don't give their doctor updates daily, so, you know, I don't really see why I really have to either, but, you know, we we decided that, you know, it was just, it was best. you know, for they do it in playoffs. You know, so I don't see why that it was such a big issue. You guys had a lot to talk about for the last four months. So, <laughs> all right. So welcome back to episode 175 of the Habs 360 podcast. We're continuing with our losers of the week, and uh, we just heard their uh, Carey Price uh, talking about how normal people don't give medical updates when uh, when they go to the doctor. So. Earlier this week, the Montreal Canadiens uh, medical staff, head team physician Vincent Lacroix, uh, Paul Martineau, Mark Bergevin, and Carey Price decided that Carey Price will not return to action uh, this season. So they confirmed that Carey Price sustained an MCL sprain to his right knee on November 25th in a game against the New York Rangers. Uh, rehabilitation treatments lead to full functional recovery, and he's expected to make a full recovery during the offseason. And there was a specific mention that the injury was not the same as the one he suffered earlier this season, October 29th in Edmonton, and nor one that was done in the previous years. Let's hear more from uh, Carey Price. Um, you know, this whole during this whole process, it was my goal to to get back and, and play game minutes. And like I said, we just kind of ran out of time. So last night we made the decision that that it wasn't going to be plausible for me to go back in there at 100%, and, and there's no point in risking it. Sure. So finally, the news is out. The news that we, we've already known, I don't think any of this was a uh, surprise. The only news that was still outstanding was whether or not Carey Price uh, would, uh, would return to play a game, maybe even the game tonight against uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, but, but that's not happening. And 
Well, this whole situation, the way that was handled by the Montreal Canadiens from beginning until now, it's it's kind of it's kind of fishy. It's mentioned in the uh, in the press release. There's a specific line that says this injury was not the same as the one he suffered earlier uh, this season. And well, Michel Terry that morning was asked if uh, he knew what Carey Price's injury was. So he's being that asked now by John Lou. This wasn't he, but not the same uh, same injury. Um, not quite sure. So Michel Terry doesn't know what uh, the first injury is. So why not ask Carey Price himself? He must know. Yeah, it's just a, it's a different uh, different type of injury. So <laughs> I don't know. Oh, we're you keeping that keep, one a mystery keep, too. You know, keep pounding away at it. That's this is the fact. So Rick, uh, some news came out in regards to Carey Price, but now that whole secrecy around. The uh, the first injury is still out there. This whole way that the Canadians handled the uh, Carey Price injury from back in November all the way until this week when the news was announced seems kind of, I don't know, let's say fishy. It's very mysterious. I, I tweaked my knee um, about a week ago. I stepped on a patch of ice. I was carrying stuff, and I, I twisted it. Uh, I'm worried about how it's going to affect when I play tennis this summer. <laughs> um, no, I mean, Carey Price was giving me aw shucks. You know, I, I don't know why I have to give updates when none of you have to give updates. I just gave an update, and, and nobody cares. You, don't, you, you, you know me. You work with me, and you don't even care, right? I don't. Um, I don't. Yeah, see? So, <laughs> like, I mean, that's, that's quaint for, for Carey Price to say this, but he's, he is the franchise. I mean, he is... The, the reason for the, the Canadian success, that's been made quite obvious. So obviously um, it's important, but the other reason people keep asking about it is that the Canadians have been so uh, all over the map about this, uh, so secretive, so more than secretive, uh, they've been dishonest. Um, you know, it is the same injury. I've, I, you know, you, you hear this week also, that it was um, the same injury from way back to the, the Kreider crash um, in the playoffs. Um, you know, through this process, Kerry had said, you know, it, it was something uh, unique that, that the Canadians' doctors had never seen before, and, and maybe that's why it, it uh, you know, there was confusing information. Well, the Canadians, I would think, I would hope, have seen every different kind of knee injury um, you know, from Markov to any number of players. So all of the news coming out of there uh, and this, uh, oh, he's, he, you know, just six weeks more. Oh, just um, any time now. Oh, he's practicing without equipment, uh, without equipment. Oh, he's, it just seems like to me um, that they didn't want to reveal that he wouldn't be back because people would stop coming to games. I mean, they would, they would lose that hope again, more of a marketing kind of decision. And uh, I don't, I don't know. Is that, is that how, how you manage this kind of a situation? And, and the fact Rick, what you mentioned for the marketing reason, 
it was on February 12th when uh, Richard Labbe from La Presse did put out a story and mentioned that the Canadians know that Carey Price won't be back and they're actually holding it back for, for marketing reasons. In terms of the way the Canadians handle it, uh, what the specific injury is, honestly, I I don't care what what the the um, what the injury is. I don't think it's important for the fans to know. But I think what is important for the fans to know is the length of the injury. So if Carey Price got injured in November, and at that time they knew that Carey Price would be out for the season, I think at that time it should have been announced. You know what, Carey Price is gone for uh, for the season. Somebody who might care what the injury is, it was in fact in uh, on Tuesday's game during the RDS broadcast. Did they know something uh, about the, how things were going to turn out? But uh, Francois Gagnon, during the first intermission, did talk a little bit how the insurance works and who pays Carey Price's salary, etc. And he did mention that if a player gets injured comes back and then gets re-injured again for the exact same injury, insurance doesn't pay at the time of the re-injury. So maybe it's something related to that where they're still staying vague uh, about this whole carry price situation. But regardless uh, whether that's the reason or not, this whole mystery that's still around it, the fact that they're hiding makes things worse. And I think that it's... Um, very deserving that this whole way that the Canadians handle this situation deserves to be part of our losers of the week. And then if we go on to a Thursday night Canadians game against the Carolina Hurricanes, not many people were paying attention to that because during the day, TSN insider Darren Dreger reported the following news. Michel Therrien expected to get a vote of confidence. Right, from the general manager, Mark Bergevin. We should expect that either on the weekend or possibly as late as early next week, that Michel Therrien will be back as head coach of the Montreal Canadiens for next season. Now, there are a number of reasons why Bergevin continues to support Therrien, but most of it surfaces around and swirls around the injury bug that plagued the Montreal Canadiens through much of the season. It obviously starts with star goaltender Carey Price. You had Brendan Gallagher into that mix and some others along the way. So Bergevin, I'm told, wants to give Michel Therrien another chance to work with a healthy club. So that caused lots of discussion on social media, including the allhabs.net Facebook page, and in fact caused more reaction than probably the game itself against the Carolina Hurricanes. I have no data or any supporting facts to uh, to confirm the, the statement that I'm about to make, but I'm pretty sure Michel Therrien must be the biggest news story right now in the province of uh, Quebec. I don't think there's any bigger news than that. Who cares about budgets? Who cares what's going on in politics? Michel Therrien right now, I think, is the biggest news story. So Monday, we're expecting the Canadians to have their post-mortem press conference, their garbage bag day, whatever they want to call it. So I think this is one of these three things that will probably happen when it comes to Michel Therrien. Either, number one, he'll be confirmed back, just like uh, Darren Dreger reported. Number two, uh, Michel Therrien will be, an, will be announced that he has been relieved of his duties. Or number three, Mark Bergevin will uh, give a, um, 
some type of generic answer that says that during the off season everybody will be reevaluated. Re so not confirming that he'll that Terry will be back or not saying the opposite as well. I personally think uh, what I would do if I was in Michel Bergevin's situation would be number three, some generic answer, don't confirm anything. And that's what I think will happen as well, because even if he wants to keep him, even if Mark Bergevin deep down inside wants to keep Michel Terry as the head coach, what happens if another coach becomes available during the, uh, the off season? So there's two names that were specifically a lot of talk about who meet the Montreal Canadiens criteria are uh, Alain Vigneault and Claude Julien. What if one of these two guys become available? What happens if uh, Michel Therrien gets a short leash for next season, Canadiens off to a bad start, you want to get rid of him, but then oh, your options are gone. So we're going to have a more detailed analysis on Michel Therrien regardless what happens in next week's episode. And Rick, I think it's been well documented on social media or even here on the, the Apps 360 podcast what you would do if you were in Mark Bergevin's shoes. But what do you think Mark Bergevin will do come on Monday? Yeah, it, I, it's it's not only what I would do. Um, it, it, you know, in it, we're, we're very fortunate when we talk to uh, NHL scouts on our on our road trips with the ice caps or or some of the executives they're they're baffled what's going on in Montreal um, you know on on December's record alone December's performance alone um, it's no question that that Michelle Therrien should have been fired um, now we've gone through four more than four months where the Canadians have played the worst hockey in the league. Michelle Therrien, if you're going to give winning and losing records to, to the coach, has a 349 winning percentage um, since uh, December. Um, that's unreal. Um, and now if, if Bergevin comes out and, as, as Gregor has alluded to, that, that uh, he's going to give some sort of vote of confidence, um, the people are just going to shake their heads. It it. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever um, that that Terrian was unable to uh, react, uh, or, um, unable to adjust um, to the loss of Carey Price, and that that Bergevin is going to put all the weight of of the team on Carey Price's shoulders uh, when he comes back. And you know who knows with this injury if he can regain the form um, that uh, that he had last year. The, the you know, the, the award-winning form that he had. Um, I fear that he's going to do this. And that, that just, um, it, all accountability has been lost from this organization. And the message that it sends to every player and to, um, you know, those in St. John's uh, is a scary one. And, and it isn't one that, um, you know, it is going to lead to uh, – on the back of Carey Price alone, the, the Canadians might get to the playoffs next season with Michelle Therrien behind the bench, but um, this is not this team is not built for winning a championship with Michelle Therrien as their head coach. And as you said, um, you know the short leash and all is is one thing, um, but how much worse? Like when when does 
uh, Bergevin fire Terrien? If he doesn't fire him when the Canadians have been the worst in the last four months, how much worse do they have to get next next fall before he pulls the trigger? And when he does, and you made a good point, that that shallow pond that they they fish from to get their new talent is going to be even smaller uh, than it would be in the off season. So that'll be interesting to see what happens on Monday. And regardless of which one of those three options happen, we'll definitely discuss it and we'll do a um, more of a situation analysis of the whole season when it comes to Michel Ternier during uh, next week's episode. You can let us know via Twitter your thoughts. Uh, how do you feel when Darren Dreger made those reports that Michel Ternier will be back? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. We're going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to tackle our question of the day, which is your thoughts on P.K. Subban being on, uh, trade, uh, being on the trading block. So we're going to tackle that, your tweets, your Facebook comments on allhabs.net. You can also reach us via telephone at one 455 4945 You're listening to the most informative and interactive podcast you'll find. This is the Habs 360 podcast on allhabs.net. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. Hans360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. I also have to be pretty thankful, you know, I've gone through, uh, you know, six seasons in the NHL and um, haven't missed a game until this year, so, you know, I can't uh, I can't be too negative. The positive thing is is that it's not 
you know, career-threatening injury or anything like that. It's just something that needs to take time. And I mean, uh, I know that everybody was anxious to see me come back, including myself. And, you know, I truly thought that I'd be able to, but it's just something that needs just a little bit more time. So we're back to episode 175 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Christy, along with Rick Stevens from allhabs.net. And while we I, we spoke about in the last segment that there was a press release sent out for Carey Price, but, oh, by the way, there was one sentence at the bottom of the press release that wrote, the Canadians have also announced that the following players will be out for the remainder of the season. Fike Subban, Mark Barbario, Victor Bartley, and Lucas Lesio. So, so P.K. Subban being shut down for the season after the neck injury. And there's some weird facts, Rick, around this injury as as well. And I don't think Canadians did anything to uh, to help clear this up. P.K. Subban was injured on March 10th in a game against the Buffalo Sabres. He was brought to the hospital for what they called precautionary measures. He was released the same night because... Well, it was just minor neck injuries is what they described it. Then on March 23rd, uh, he started skating with the regular jersey. So since March 23rd till April 9th, it's still uh, a lot of time in between that. At one point, Mitchell Terry said that PK will decide when he's back. And then that same day, PK Subban was saying the doctors will decide. So when not, when things like this happen... Rick, and the fact that Canadians don't add some clarity around it, do you blame fans either on social media or the media being suspicious or thinking that something is up? Yeah, it's it's really been odd with PK Subban. Uh, you know, as you said, he was cleared for he has been cleared for contact for quite some time, but still not participating in a game. Um, you, you know they. He he wouldn't answer questions um, uh, itself about you know he in the uh, news conference earlier in the week um, he would only respond to questions about John Scott and not the injury. Um, Michelle Terrian's been reluctant to talk about it. Um, it's really really odd. There was uh, you know, Richard LeBay this morning um, said that Terrian was asked if there was issues with PK Subban and the rest of the team. And Tarion gave him a very odd answer saying, we'll do a season review when the time is right. What does that mean? And what did it have to do with the question? And it just, it just adds more questions um, to the fact that is there some sort of, of um, divide between P.K. Subban and the locker room, P.K. Subban and his coach or general manager. Um, it's a very, very odd situation. And Rick, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, yeah, so it is very odd. You cut for a second. But speaking of the, the divide that there could be in the locker room, something that raised the flag to me as well this week was that Max Pacioretty was voted uh, by his teammates as a nominee for the King Clancy Award, which is given to the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made a noteworthy humanitarian contribution in his community. I'm not, I don't want to underestimate what uh, Max Pacioretty has done. He joined the uh, Montreal General Hospital Foundation with an objective to raise $3.5 million. But in a year where 
P.K. Subban made that announcement where he's going to help raise $10 million, to me it's kind of fishy because to me, especially this year, this award should have been no questions asked given to uh, P.K. Subban. Does that raise flags for you as well? Uh, I, you know, I, I do, and, and P.K. Subban deserves credit. I think, I think people are a little confused about um, you know, P.K. Subban's don't, I keep hearing that P.K. Subban made a $10 million personal donation to the Montreal Children's Hospital. Of course, that isn't true. Um, P.K. Subban pledged from his foundation that he would help raise $10 million over seven years. So, um, you know, and he's using his celebrity to mobilize donations. But where's that money coming from? Um, the very first $100,000 into the foundation, P.K. Subban took 100 jerseys, P.K. Subban jerseys, and sold them for $1,000 each. That was the the first $100,000. That money came from fans. That money didn't come from P.K. Subban. Um, His foundation is supposed to reach out to corporations and, 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 you know, gather that money, uh, help raise that money over the next seven years. So it's not like Saku Koibu uh, writing a check for the, the CAT scan um, and and all for visibility for P.K. Subban and putting his name on the atrium in the Montreal Children's Hospital. Um, so there is a little bit of, you know, um, to fans, it's, it's P.K. Subban should be hands down the winner maybe to his teammates who voted on this award, it's not the same kind of feeling. Maybe they see Max doing something uh, more so and not going out and seeking the, the uh, attention for it. I don't know. I don't have you know, any insight into that. Um, but there is, you're right, there is something going on. There is something that the, uh, his teammates are seeing. There is a, a feeling that, that the, his teammates are having uh, that the the fans aren't the fans aren't getting a, that clear view. So that led as well to uh, to yesterday on Friday with TSN's Bob McKenzie. Here's a quote that he gave to TSN 1050 in Toronto. He says, uh, "I'm not sitting here saying the Montreal Canadiens are going to trade PK Subban. I'm not saying that they're planning to go down that road. What I would say is I'd be shocked." If they don't, as an organization, sit down and have a discussion about all of their options, including PK, before his full no-trade kicks in and see where it goes from there. So his no-trade does kick in on July 1st. So if anything does happen in that sense, it will need to happen before that date. And that is our question of the week. And we're going to go now to our Habs 360 hotline. Hi, who's this? Uh, it's uh, Torhaps fan from Twitter. Hey, how you doing, Torhaps fan? I'm uh, not doing too good, guys. To be honest with you, uh, this thing's got me a little upset. I don't understand how Mark Bergevin can give Michelle Therrien a vote of confidence, or according to Darren Dreger, he's about to. And I don't even understand how we're talking about P.K. Subban having the possibility of being traded. Mark Bergevin has done nothing, nothing, to instill this trust that he has from Molson or whoever's not firing him, so I guess Molson, and mm-hmm. same with Terrium. We have 
all said, or a bunch of us have said last year and the season before, Carey Price masks the problems of the Montreal Canadiens. If Carey Price was gone, we wouldn't make the playoffs. No one's, a bunch of people said that wasn't true. This year he's gone. We're seeing it's true. Terry Ann needs to be fired. The use of players, Galchenyuk being on the wing, not getting ice time, Darren A being on top line for, all, for so many years, it, it, it's all there. Everyone can see it except for Bergevin. Bergevin needs to put the CH instead, on top of the loyalty he has to his friends, Terry Ann, the coaching staff, and the minors, everything. P.K. Subban is more important to this club's success and future than anybody in this organization with the exception of Carey Price. And that includes Bergevin and Terry Amp. And if anybody in this organization cannot coexist with P.K. Subban other than Carey Price, then they can go elsewhere. We have a lot of good players, guys I don't want to see go. Max Pacioretty's got a great cap hit for a 30-goal scorer. And I don't want to believe that there's a divide between the two of them. But theoretically, if there was, Max Pacioretty can go elsewhere. P.K. Subban is that good of an empl- a player. The Patrick Watt trade sent us back 10 years. We're about to do this again. For a GM with no experience, who's done nothing but tinker with the bottom of the lineup, and a coach that's proven nothing, that we could all see his flaws. I couldn't understand why we did it for Trombley, and I don't understand why we're doing it for Terrian. We need to get Molson to open up his eyes, step in, and save the situation before we send ourselves into another death spiral for 10 years. So if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, you're listening to this, there's a petition going on Twitter. Please, you can see it on my, it's pinned to my profile, Torhads Van on Twitter. Sign the petition, tweet Jeff Molson, get Fire, Fire Terry trending, get Fire Burge Van trending, get I'm with PK trending, make noise at the game tonight if you're going to the game. Better yet, don't show up. The empty seat will speak for itself. But if you do show up, chant PK, chant Fire Terry Hot fans, we care. We have a passion. It burns inside of us. Fight for your team. Thank you very much. I think you, you loud and clear your, your message to, uh, to Jeff Molson, to, uh, to Habs Nation. So we do appreciate it. Well, thank you, guys. All right. Thank you. So one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five is the way to reach us, and that's the uh, the reaction that we just heard. It's I would say how a lot of Habs Nation, at least the majority, think the way that uh, that he does. And well, Rick, let's go back and let's touch upon the uh, the PK Subban, this whole Bob McKenzie quote on how uh, PK Subban might. The Canadians are going to look at different options, including P.K. Subban. What are your thoughts on uh, that topic? Well, I, I actually wasn't as disturbed about the Bob McKenzie quote as, as many others um, because basically he's saying that before the, the um, no-movement clause kicks in, that the Canadians should explore their options. And, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. They should discuss it. They should see what's out there they um and you know if if there is only one uh, untouchable on this team then they should look at their their options with any of the canadians including pk suban but if there is um you know some sort of of divide um if it's between max and pk that's one thing 
if it's between PK and the rest of the team, that's a whole other kettle of fish. And, and um, you know, you can't get rid of the whole team, can't get rid of all the players. Um, and, you know, there is some history. PK has, has not been uh, – he's had some problems on every team he's been on. Uh, so there is a little bit of, of, of history to this. Um, but I guess, I guess the difficulty is that, you know, and we're asking Jeff Molson to step in here, but Jeff Molson has caused a lot of uh, this problem. Last time he stepped in, Mark Bergevin was going to go to the mat on the, the salary, the contract negotiations with P- PK, and uh, Molson stepped in. Molson was the one who approved the contract, gave him the money, gave him the term, um, and that his contract has kind of upset the uh, the structure, the salary structure of the Canadians. You know, uh, PK Subban is way above Carey Price, um, and and even in the NHL, PK Subban is you know one of the best played def- paid defensemen in the league. Um, you know, when when people argue that that Keith Weber, Carlson, Drew Doughty um, are 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 contributing more and, and and more meaningful to to their teams and better defensemen, um, so there's all kinds of there's all kinds of layers to this, and I I just you know I go back to to the fact that the Canadians haven't handled this well. Um, this wouldn't have happened. Um, perhaps if if w- the right thing was done and Terrian was gone in in December and an interim coach was was put in place, um, this wouldn't have happened with without Jeff Molson stepping in last time. Um, this wouldn't have happened, uh, you know, all this secrecy around around Subban's injury and and kind of the inferences that, that there, there are some problems. It just causes people to ask more questions, people to get upset. And, and as, as the caller uh, did, you know, uh, they're at wit's end that there's no accountability, that accountability has been lost in this organization. Uh, they want things to make sense from a hockey perspective. And I think we've seen in every instance that it's, not about, it's more about marketing than, than hockey. I think people can take tough decisions if the rationale is made on a hockey basis, but all this other stuff sends people into a frenzy because they can't, they have no, they've lost confidence in their, their team. And I think that's the, the passion that you're seeing from these callers on the call us that, 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 that make their comments on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and the planet Habs is very angry at this moment. And just like you, Rick, uh, when it comes to this, personally, I think as a GM's job, there shouldn't be any untouchables. But, uh, you know, for some certain players, it, will, it should take a lot to um, to trade somebody like P.K. Subban and then throw in Carey Price in there and then throw in Galchenga and probably Gallagher, those four players, where it will take a lot for me to uh, to trade him. Is he not liked? It's possible. There's a lot of history, like uh, like you mentioned. But I think you hit, uh, you said one big word, I think that would prevent a, a P.K. Subban getting traded, and that's Jeff Molson. I don't think Jeff Molson would ever allow the Canadians to trade P.K. Subban, because I think Jeff Molson 
when he when he became the owner of the Montreal Canadiens, he bought it to make money, and somebody like PK Subban does bring him in a lot of um, a lot of money to uh, to the Montreal Canadiens, whether it be directly or indirectly. What he does, so definitely uh, PK Subban. I don't see him getting uh, traded before July uh, July first. It was a question of. Uh, of today's episode, lots of reaction on uh, Twitter and the allhabs.net uh, Facebook page. We're just going to read a couple of them. First one comes from uh, Ott. He writes, anything Mark Bergevin has done hasn't worked, has backfired, is the words that uh, that he used. So the last thing he should do is trade our franchise defenseman. Uh MTL EN writes, it's ridiculous. Carlson is no stud defensively and not physical. Undoubtedly, winds and dives way more. Neither would be traded. I will read one more on the topic. It comes uh, from Neck, Neck 25 Plus. He writes, it's nuts. You don't trade your best D unless you get Dowdy back. A return of a forward is not good enough. So thank you very much. And uh, one more tweet that came in actually in from uh, from Laura. She writes, "No, are you crazy?" So we're not crazy, Laura, but we're just sharing what uh, what's out there. Rick, what does it look like on the Facebook on yallhabs.net Facebook page? Oh my goodness, uh, we've got so many comments, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments, and and people have, uh, you know, it's more than just one word. They're writing uh, a lot here. Uh, just a couple, uh, Jose Larocque. I think Jeff Molson should fire first fire Mark Bergevin, and have Michelle Terrien follow him out the door quickly. I hope that they will not make the mistake of trading PK. If you have a choice between Bergevin, Terrien, and PK, is it really a toss up on whom to choose? I think that's kind of the 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 most of the the comments come in that way that uh if if anybody should be leaving Montreal it should be um you know Terrian first uh, Bergevin second and uh and not and not PK um the, uh, maybe one more um The the whole story is so outrageous that one has to wonder if I'm ac- actually in a dream. Um, is is one? Um, if the Canadians trade PK, they'll lose the biggest ambassador for the team that they've ever had. Um, and it, it goes on and on and on. Um, Mark Bergevin and Michelle Terrien are a bad one-two punch, the worst combo uh, in Habs history. Uh, and then compares them to. Uh, Rajanul and Mario Tremblay, um, which I noticed Mario Tremblay uh, stuck up for for um, Michelle Terry, and I thought that was like <laughs> the kiss of death um, this past week. Um, obviously, that you know, fans are are very upset, and uh, and I th- I think the 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 difficulty is um, they want to see this can- this Canadians club do things that. Um, that will lead them to a cup. You mentioned Molson seems to have prioritized uh, making money in the province. Um, when he when he took over the organization, he said this the goals the team's number one goal would be to 
win the Stanley Cup, uh, and I think that has faded, um, and we have no evidence that it's still the number one goal um, of the Canadians with all these other competing priorities, and I think that's what has built anger amongst the fans. Uh, just a couple of tweets on how the Canadians handled the Carey Price situation. Deborah Gordon writes, Habs did the right thing, as would have been a huge risk to play Price in games that mean nothing next season. He'll be 100%. Uh, David Olinger writes, Habs should have announced several weeks ago that Price was done for the season. And the last one uh, on the uh, topic is, comes from uh, Karen Haynes. I can understand not wanting to give an edge to other teams, but once it becomes obvious it won't it wouldn't be back, time to talk. Anyone who ever had a knee injury knew that was the issue. Had six knee operations myself and I screamed when I saw it happen on screen. And a couple of tweets in regards to uh, Michel Terry and, and your reaction on how you would feel if he is back next season. Does Booth write depressed? More of the same next year. Deborah Gordon writes, my words are not suitable for Twitter. Debbie writes, loss for words, feeling like the light at the end. The tunnel keeps getting further and further away. Hashtag Fire Ryan Kienas writes, besides almost sick to my stomach. Vince Goulet writes, like I've fallen into a foxhole and can't get out. And Dave writes, it would be a big mistake. So these were very, uh, very engaging topics that we had here this week on the Habs 360 podcast. And there's still more to come because on Monday is when we're expecting the Canadians' post-mortem press conference to take place. We'll know for a fact Mark Brezhevin will be there last year. Michel Therrien wasn't. Will he be there this year? Well, uh, I guess we'll find out in a couple of days. Rick? Thank you very much, and quite the episode again this week. Amazing episode, and and, uh, flew by again. It was a pleasure to join you, Chris. Thanks a lot. So next week, we'll be back for the season finality, finality, season finale of the Habs 360 podcast, and well, we'll be announcing our winners and losers of the entire season. So that will be quite interesting. It will be fun. You join us next Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. My name is Chris G., And, well, there's a hockey game tonight. Might as well watch it. It'll be the last one. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.